In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is and As many of you know, my mother has advanced stage 4 lung cancer, and so a lot of things in my life are now being filtered through the frame of um, having a family member with a very serious illness. This gospel reading today that we hear from St. Luke um, is very fitting and the timing comes at a perfect time. Because um, we, we, when I say we, I mean my family, um, my brother, my sister, my mom, my dad, myself, and our spouses, we've had many conversations about um, what the purpose of good health is. What is the purpose of good health? And what does it mean to have a good death, a good Christian ending to our life? So we have, as like, we've been keeping a blog, um, uh, one of those Caring Bridge blogs, so that people can, can be updated on my mom's condition. And, um, and as anybody who's read the blog has uh, knows, we've been very frustrated with some of the, the speed or lack thereof of the healthcare. But an underlying question of everything in our family is, um, why would we want my mother to undergo treatment and maybe suffer greatly from the side effects of treatment if it's really not going to extend her life in any significant way? I think this is a common question for anybody who has had a loved one who's sick who, with anything terminal. Um, and it brings to light the question of what is the purpose of good health? Is it simply to live long? Is it simply to live long and prosper? Whatever that might be. Is there something more that we should be living for? And is it okay to die? Is it okay to die if you are ready to stand before the Lord and be judged? These are all questions that we all struggle with when we face our own death or the death of a loved one, the potential death of a loved one. But, in my opinion, we do not receive good health as an end in and of itself. We never receive good health from the Lord as an end in and of itself. But rather, good health is a means to draw near to God through repentance and thankfulness and good works. Even before we, we, we become sick, we need to be aware that the good health that we have is a gift from God. The problem we have as humans is that many times we fool ourselves into thinking we're um, self-sufficient and self-reliant. And so we might eat well, we might exercise, we might take our vitamins, we might do this and that and everything we need to do to maintain good health. We might have all the right supplements and smoothies and plans to be healthy. And we might follow them all. And there's a pretty good chance that if we do that, we're going to be thinking that we ourselves are solely responsible 
for our good health. We, it, it, it goes, it, the same thing is true in other facets of life. We can study hard, we can work hard, we can rise the corporate ladder and think, I've done all this, I deserve all of this. All of this success, all of these blessings, whatever it is. But then when something goes wrong, the question is, whoa, why did this happen? Why do I deserve this? What is God doing to me? We often have God in mind when there's a problem. But we often lose sight of God when things are good. And when it comes to our health, that is very evident. In today's Gospel, we see the story of ten lepers who are healed by Jesus. Now remember, leprosy is a very contagious condition. And... It requires absolute quarantine. If you think quarantining, if you have COVID for five or ten days or two weeks or whatever, was bad enough, imagine quarantining from your friends, family, and loved ones and all of society for the rest of your life if you have leprosy. It was a very isolating and debilitating disease. And in the scriptures, the church fathers very much see leprosy as a symbol of our sin and of the isolation and destruction caused to our souls by our sin. We're isolated not just from God, especially from God, but not just from God, but also from our neighbors because of our sins. So Jesus passes by and these lepers call out from a distance, Jesus have mercy on us. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They submit to Him. And He says, go show yourselves to the priests. Now, in the Jewish law, if you were healed of leprosy, the priest had to declare you clean. The issue was cleanliness. And so, Jesus could have healed them. That doesn't mean they can reintegrate into society. That's why He sends them to the priest. <coughs> And they are healed. As they go, they see that they are healed. So there's like this synergy here, right? Jesus heals them, but they have this obedience to perform. They have some responsibility in this action. And as they go, they see that they're healed. And nine of them keep going. Hey, look, I did what I was told and I'm healed. I owe no one anything. And I'm just going to go on my way go to the priest. One of them turns back and realizes what's happening and where all this comes from. And thanks the Lord. He turns back and falls at Jesus' feet and gives him thanks. Now, if he's a leper, he's not allowed to go near Jesus. Okay, So this is also a significant moment. His first contact with somebody in society is with Jesus. Good move. That was a real good move. Okay? And Jesus, of course, remember, Jesus is omniscient. He knows everything. But he asks these questions. They're more rhetorical questions. Weren't there ten that were healed? He says, weren't there ten cleansed? 
Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Because the one who thanked Jesus was a Samaritan. Wasn't even a full Jew. Samaritans were considered to be dogs by the Jews. So not only was this man a leper, he's also a Samaritan. So even in the group of outcasts of lepers, he's an outcast of the outcasts. He's isolated. He's debilitated. He's lonely. He's probably depressed and despondent. And yet, when the healing comes, when the Master comes, he has the awareness to give thanks to the Lord. And what I have seen, especially in both of my parents, my mom, who's enduring pain and now treatment, and my dad, who's taking care of my mom and has given up his life as a pastor, he has separated himself from his church, which he founded 44 years ago. That's an ordeal in and of itself. But in the midst of this uncertainty, in the midst of their um, changing, rapidly changing circumstances, they are seeing more and more and more things to give thanks for. The kindness of those in the church. The compassion of a doctor. The smile and concern of a technician. Right? And even sometimes the good intentions of children, even if they're not carried out as well as they could be. But it, it really seems like the worse things get, the more thankful my parents get. It's really amazing. But this doesn't come from nowhere. It comes from a lifetime of faith. It comes from a lifetime of repentance. And it comes from a lifetime of acknowledging that their lives are in God's hands. My mom told me flat out, I'm not afraid to die. I've lived my life with the Lord. I'm going to die with the Lord. I just don't want the pain. So when her pain is at a nine and a half out of ten, yeah, things are pretty tough. When her pain goes down to a seven, she's like, oh, praise the Lord. This is great. For the rest of us, if our pain, which is normally at a zero or a one on a day-to-day -day basis, if it were a seven, we'd want to... We just want to roll over and die. But it's all about perspective. And I asked my mom, do you want to live? She's like, yeah, I want to live. But I'll take what God gives me. But she knows that her good health is not an end in and of itself. Our end, our telos, our purpose, our destination is to be united with God and the kingdom of heaven. There's a prayer. Many of the prayers for the sick in the Orthodox Church remind us that good health is not an end in and of itself. Here's a prayer that I found for a child who's ill. We say, O Lord, stretch forth your holy right hand upon him or her, that restored to the vigor of health, they may reach the fullness of years and serve you faithfully and gratefully all the days 
of their life and become an heir of your kingdom. What's the purpose of good health? To serve God faithfully and gratefully. It's not just to live longer, not just to have more holidays with your family. That's good. That's fine. But there's a greater purpose. Repentance, thankfulness, and good works. And if you come through something and you're given a second chance at life, don't blow it. Spread the good seed of the gospel around. We should all, whether we're in good health or poor health, we should all go through our life giving thanks to God for everything that He gives us. For every cloudy day and every sunny day. For every successful and safe trip to the grocery store. For every flat tire and for every snow tire. For everything that we have. Every meal, every dessert, every drink, every breath. As we say in Orthros, David, it's David quoting, uh, it's us quoting David in the Psalms, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And another translation is let every breath praise the Lord. I was reading in Psalm 106 today, O give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Even in the midst of the most dire circumstances, there's always something to give thanks for. And the really hard part is giving thanks in the midst of the best of circumstances. Give thanks when life is good, so that when life becomes difficult, the muscle memory, the spiritual muscle memory is there, and you just keep going in thankfulness to God. And that is how the saints live their life. That is how they endure hardships and torments and martyrdom. Our life is not our own. Our life is in God's hands. Every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, says St. James. We will hear that in the prayer before the Amvon at the end of liturgy. Brothers and sisters, we must, we must live a life of thankfulness. And remember, even as we come forward and receive communion, we call it the Eucharist, the Thanksgiving. As we take the Lord's body and blood into us, let us give thanks to Him for everything He's given us, good and bad, difficult and easy. And let us have this perspective before us at all times. If you need help doing this, I suggest starting with prayer, thanking God for five things every day. I'll give you an example. There was a two-year-old girl once whose mother said, Hey, will you please tell Jesus three things you're thankful for? And this little girl said, Thank God for Daddy's video games. Thank God for my godparents. And thank God for the wall. <laughs> kind of silly, right? Very profound. When was the last time you thanked God for your walls? That was one of my goddaughters. I love that story. So, 
Give thanks to God for five things every day. Start the muscle memory. Remember that your life is not your own and your good health is given to you for a greater purpose, to serve God faithfully and thankfully and to do good works and to practice repentance. If we do all this, brothers and sisters, we will stand with the saints in the kingdom of heaven, praising and glorifying the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is and ever shall be.